on this episode of the Naturist Living Show, Educating Julie and the World Naked Bike Ride. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome to this latest episode of the Naturist Living Show. I'm going to start with a big apology because this show is so late in the month. We're still within the month of July, but I try to have them near the beginning of the month. And especially for those who listen as they come out, I know there's uh, many of you who have written and sent me emails telling me that you anxiously await each show. You've been waiting almost, uh, well, beginning of last month to the end of this month, almost two months. It's been a fantastic summer uh, for us. It started very early. It started in April with some really nice sunny weather. We already had a very mild winter, so there wasn't much snow on the ground. And people started coming very early, and this year has just absolutely exploded with uh, people and uh, new members and visitors and uh, from all over. It's, uh, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I'm not complaining. Uh, where, where some of our biggest problems are par- parking problems. Um but it's kept things very busy. Uh, we've been uh, a little short staff at times, and our resources have been stretched. And uh, I'm happy to say that uh, we've exceeded over 500 members of Bear Oaks, which is fantastic. Um, we started with 130 in December of 2006, so a little over three years now, we've more, almost quadrupled the membership. And, and most of them have been... Uh, people who are not members of other clubs that have joined before, people who have really not been naturists, uh, but people who have appreciated the uh, philosophy that uh, we're promoting at Bear Oaks and that uh, we can live. And, uh, of course, it's helped a little bit, sadly, that uh, Glen Echo closed. So we had a number of members from Glen Echo who are wonderful people, um, but that's not how I wanted to grow. I still believe there's a huge potential within uh, the population of the greater Toronto area. Uh, to totally overwhelm uh, Bear Oaks. Um, I, my goal is 2,000, and at that point I might actually have to close things down and put a waiting list. There's already a waiting list, of course, of campsites because we're limited to 110. But uh, most of our members don't have campsites. They just come for the day use and for weekends. And So uh, that's where our growth is, and that's where the people are coming. It's their country club. It's their escape. It's their spa. It's... Uh, the world away from the textile world where you can be at peace. So, Anyway, I'm, enough about that. I mean, I'm not not calling, I'm not doing this show about Bear Oaks. Um, just to explain that we were a little late, and I'll try to catch up a little bit on the next one in August. So today, the first thing I want to talk about is a, a good friend of mine lent me a copy of a movie called Educating Julie. Um, I'd heard of the movie before, but never seen it. I didn't have a copy. Um, it was done in the UK by Heritage Video in 1984. It's video, so you know it's not fantastic quality that way. Um, and, and I've got to be honest, I you know I was a little cynical. I, I prejudged the uh, the movie. Um, the uh, there was a movie in 1983, as fairly well known, called Educating Rita, uh, with Michael Caine and Julie Walters. And that one was nominated for uh, an Oscar. It had been a play before. 
And um, obviously this is a play on that. And, uh, you know, it's about a young woman who discovers naturism. Very nice. But there's so much, as we've talked about in the past, exploitation um, in movies and, and media about naturism. And uh, I thought this was probably going to be something, you know, a bit of an adult soft porn type of film. The title doesn't help because, you know, porn movies sometimes uh, do mimic the real movies um, in, in their, uh, their titles. And so I was expecting something similar. So, but I, w- I was actually um, quite surprised, uh, pleasantly surprised. Nobody's going to win an Oscar for the acting in here or the videography or the cinematography or or anything for that matter. But this is a movie that actually uh, kept me entertained and interested. Um, for one thing, it's amusing because of the uh, the fact it's clearly dated. Um, there's, uh, uh, you know, you, you can see a lot of these uh, the materials, typewriters, televisions, cars, that kind of thing. Um, that date the movie, but the story is a is a is a story. There's an actual plot. It's not a heavy plot. <laughs> in fact, there's a fair bit of a comedy or attempts at comedy in it. But basically, this is the summary. Uh, a young woman named Julie, obviously, is at university in the UK, and she's assigned a uh, an assignment. She's given an assignment by her professor over the summer to investigate uh, nudism in the 80s. Because this is a 1984 movie. What's the matter? Oh, it's nothing really. Come on. Just... Well, our tutor, you know old Baldy, has given us each an assignment to complete during the summer vacation. A sort of mini-thesis thing. Well, my topic's nudity in the 80s. Fuck hell. What a laugh. I'm glad you think it's funny. I felt just awful. And that Mike Connors made me want to die. He was so snide about it. You can imagine, the whole class fell about laughing when I picked it out of the hat. They all got things like violence in the cities or problems of caring for the elderly. Oh, why did it have to be me? And through that, she is, of course, she's painfully shy, kind of geeky. Uh, she actually looks the most normal to me because the other ones are wearing fashions and hairstyles that are so... 80s um her the fact that she's not in actually makes her look a little bit more current so through the uh movie she starts by visiting uh, uk uh clubs and discovers naturism she goes to cap in the south of france where she discovers uh more about naturism there cap dag is a real jewel on the mediterranean coast of southern france One of my fellow coach travellers told me that this vast naturist complex holds up to 40,000 holidaymakers who enjoy their sun without the need for any clothes at all. It looks like I'm about to become one of them. Throughout this, she's having some issues with her boyfriends, which is part of the plot, who is not quite as understanding and believes, of course, that nudity is all about sex. She's discovering herself and becoming more confident. Okay, okay, so you... Sunbathed and swam all day. I bet you've got a suntan to show for it too. But what about the nights? Bet they were pretty dreary, all on your own without me there to take you out. Well, I did miss you, Steve, and it would have been much more fun if you'd been there. But I didn't really spend much time alone. The first night, one of the families I'd met on the coach asked me to eat with them. And do you know, their son Jason. Oh, I see. You had an instant escort provided for you, did you? Do you think I've been two timing you or something? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. What do you expect? I mean, 
A fella's girl goes off to La Riviera without him, to a paradise full of naked men. Uh, finally, they do reconcile, and then they end up uh, on a big trip to uh, Paradise Lakes in Florida, which was a relatively new resort at that time. And uh, which, which is, I always found that kind of funny that the exotic destination for them was Florida, because it is for us who live in the Northeast. Florida is very nice, but it's not far away, and it's sort of in our backyard. The exotic destination is England and Europe, but I guess if you're in Europe, coming to North America is the exotic destination. Dear diary, well, I didn't think I'd need to talk to you again, but Florida. I bet Baldy never thought my summer project would lead to two trips abroad, and that the second would transport me to paradise. Mind you, neither did I. Whoever named this fabulous place Paradise Lakes knew what he was talking about. The scenery is incredible. When we arrived, the temperature was 90 degrees, so, one of the first things Steve and I did was to take a dip in the outdoor heated pool. What luxury! Compared to our pool at the club, it's almost like being in a hot bath. So it's a good movie. The, the um, Again, it's not brilliant in terms of anything, in terms of movie making or acting. But it does keep you entertained, and the message is pretty much right all the time. Um, and... Uh, and in fact, you know, even Julie, who's a young woman, and she's attractive, but she's, uh, she's certainly not perfect, and she's more typical and normal, um, which is perfect in a lot of ways anyway. A few little funny things, of course, is there's no... Uh, uh, there's a few... Everybody seems to be very hardcore naturist, very strength, strong about philosophy in the clubs and in Capdag. Everybody's nude all the time, which sadly I know is not true of a lot of those places. Um... And uh, a strange thing is, on many occasions, people sit without towels. Uh, I know in 1984 that was already the uh, the way it was, because um, I was beginning to be involved at that time, and I think it's always been like that. So I'm not sure, maybe it was for the convenience of the movie or whatever, if they didn't have time, they didn't think about it. A lot of times they're just sitting on chairs without the towel, which sometimes I wonder whether we perhaps overdo. I, I understand the whole hygiene thing, but... You know, I can't imagine that just sitting on the chair without a towel is going to transmit mass amounts of disease or dirt or anything like that. Generally, naturists are pretty clean. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, educating Julie. If you have a chance, it's uh, it's worth a watch. It's an interesting, entertaining movie. Certainly interesting from a historical standpoint. Um, and uh, from seeing how people lived, uh, well, wow, a quarter century ago. Doesn't seem like that long ago. I remember the 80s quite well. And it doesn't seem like a quarter century. I guess the older you get, the faster time flies. So uh, I don't know where you can purchase this movie. It was lent to me. I know uh, from searching the web that there's lots of ways to download it for free. It would be nice to purchase a legal copy, and the quality might be a little bit better anyway. Um, As far as I can tell, though, if there are any available, it's on VHS. And I don't know how many of us still have a VHS tape player. Um, to put it on. So, Educating Julie, worth a look. I'm sure that by now, everybody's heard of the World Naked Bike Ride. Um, it's, it's now happening all over the world, uh, Northern Hemisphere in June and six months later or so in the Southern Hemisphere. Major cities, London, Paris, uh, and Toronto 
Um, I've been doing it. It actually started back in 2001 to 2003 with some uh, small um, protest, nude bike rides uh, in Spain and in Vancouver. Uh, but it wasn't until 2004 that it really took off and a lot of cities started planning them. And planning them is a bit of a loose word because the very nature of the World Naked Bike Ride is that no one person is in charge. Uh, part of the reason for that is that nobody then can be arrested. Uh, it's much harder without a leader to uh, stop the, the ride from happening. It's sort of a critical mass kind of thing happening. And um, in 2004, a number of cities decided to... Uh, try their own naked bike ride and uh, I was one of the first I'd read uh, about it in uh, the paper about how it happened of course it got lots of media it was uh, had lots and lots of attention so I decided uh, that sound, now that there was going to be one in 2004 on the web I decided that I wanted to participate this was going to be a lot of fun um, and I went down and uh, it was in Toronto at uh, Grange Park was the starting point there was a small group and uh, mostly men I think there were maybe two or three women. I even have a picture of the start where we're all, we all took our clothes off and took a group picture. And then as we were getting ready to go, police officers showed up and told us to put our clothes back on. And um, I got into an argument with the lead police officers about the fact we had permission, about the fact that they weren't, what were they going to arrest us under, and he was refusing to talk to us, and he was just ordering me and threatening me, and it was going back and forth. And at that point, I looked over and I saw that it come with a large paddy wagon, quite prepared, obviously, to arrest people, and decided that although I didn't think any uh, charge would stick and it wouldn't go anywhere, I didn't particularly want to spend the next day or so or overnight in a cell. And so I backed down and put my clothes on, but when I turned around, I noticed that everybody had left. <laughs> I'd missed the ride, basically, because as I was arguing, everybody else just quickly put on a pair of shorts and apparently rode away and around the block just took their clothes off and kept going. And uh, apparently it was a good ride and everybody had a great time. But I missed it. And I was really angry and really annoyed as I left that I didn't have the uh, the time or maybe the nerve or whatever it was to uh, just hold my ground or, <laughs> or the, the smarts of the others to just ride away. So I hadn't done it since. Until this year when my good friend Peter Allison convinced me to give it a try. So, I mean, I'd been too busy, you know, owning a nature's park now. I didn't in 2004, but I do now. It takes a lot of time. Obviously, the busiest time is the summer. Um, but I also, I think I still held some annoyed feeling from that experience the first time. And and plus, uh, you know, maybe also I had some regrets. So maybe this was a good chance to fix it. So I decided to go ahead and try it. So... I went down. Um, my family at one point was going to join me, but uh, there was other things and other conflicts. And the same thing with Peter's family. So it's just the two of us that went down together. Um, although what I did um, uh, end up agreeing to is we have this uh, very strange bike at Bear Oaks. Uh, Peter is the one that brought it to us. Um, he found it. Well, he didn't find it. A friend of his found it at the bottom of the Thames River. Uh, the Thames River... Um, for those who are not from southwestern Ontario, is a river near London, London, Ontario, named after the Thames River in London, England. Um, you know, this part of Canada was colonized by a lot of British people, and so obviously uh, a lot of the names come from there. At any rate, the, uh, the level of the water in the Thames River is occasionally dropped 
um, I think because they're doing some control cleaning damn work. I'm not sure exactly why. So um, at that point, somebody noticed at the bottom of the river, and it's called a buddy bike. It's a it's a bike where you ride with two, but instead of being uh, like on a normal tandem bike, one behind the other, the people are side by side. One side has all the steering and the brakes and the gear control. The other just holds on to handlebars that don't do anything other than hold you up, and pedals. It's very intriguing, and I'll uh, provide a link in the uh, show notes at uh, naturistliving.bareoaks.ca um, to the pictures from that. Uh, the pictures, by the way, are in uh, Flickr, and because there's some nudity, you have to have a Flickr account, which is free, but you do have to log in and register in order to see the pictures. So I had this very odd bike, and... Uh, Peter uh, has a job where he doesn't want everybody to know um, that he's a naturist. He's a little concerned. Um, him and I debate whether he really has anything to be concerned about, but, you know, it's his life, and I'm certainly not going to tell him what to do. And uh, so he was going to ride the uh, buddy bike. And I said, well, if you don't want to be noticed, um, perhaps riding a very, very unusual bike, and he was going to do it with a young woman on top of that, um, that's probably not the best way to keep a low profile because you're probably going to be the one that's going to be in every picture. Um, so after thinking about it, he agreed. And so I ended up writing it with uh, Nikki, who is uh, you know, a very nice, also attractive young woman. So, of course, we were the object of lots and lots of pictures. But before I go on with that, um, I'll tell you how, how it all started. It was, uh, we, uh, this was the uh, seventh World Naked Bike Ride. Uh, the uh, six years after I tried to do it in 2004, and uh, it wasn't the best weather. Um, it was about 16 degrees Celsius, which would be, oh, I don't know, low 60s Fahrenheit for uh, our uh, American friends. And um, it was uh, it had rained up to now, and uh, I understand this isn't the best turnout. Pretty about the same as last year, but we probably would have had an even better turnout if the weather had looked better for the day. But Peter and I came down anyway, um, as did Nikki, and uh, with our bikes, and we set up and got ready, and we did the body painting. Everybody painted slogans on. Uh, some people painted their faces so they would be less recognizable. And strangely enough, the moment we took our clothes off. Um, we, uh, at least I didn't feel as cold. I think a lot of other people said that too. Strangely enough, just wearing the shorts and the sh shirts and the sweatshirt, I still think um, that tricks your body. It tricks your body because part of your body is warm, and then so your extremities, which are exposed, are adjusted and balanced based on your core body temperature, and so you lose more heat through those ends. I was not hot, but I was fairly comfortable. Of course, once we got riding, you were plenty warm anyway with the the motion. There's probably close to a hundred people there. Eighty to a hundred, I've heard numbers in between. And uh, it's well established now in Toronto. It has been a good group every year since. Uh, apparently in the last few years, the police have even escorted us, which certainly makes it a lot easier when 
uh, we're doing turns, left turns, and crossing major intersections because with such a large group, you never make it through in one traffic light. Uh, for some reason this year, the, the, the police didn't come. They usually come on bicycles, and maybe they thought the, uh, the chance of rain and the weather wasn't something they were looking forward to. Nikki and I manage pretty well with the uh, side-by-side buddy bike. Uh, it takes a bit of not just coordination but uh, communication because, you know, if I'm st- stopping or braking or turning, she has to sort of go with the flow and uh, only one of us can put uh, their foot down if you're stopping because you have to lean one way or the other or you fall over. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, the bike ride itself is about... It's a protest. It's not about naturism. It's a protest against uh, uh, the overuse of the car, the over-reliance of the car, the burning of fossil fuel, pollution, uh, and uh, the fact that uh, Toronto certainly is not a bicycle-friendly city. I mean, the official uh, messages is that, you know, the true obscenity is uh, the pollution. Uh, it's also about the vulnerability that uh, bike, uh, bike, well, that cyclists... Uh, feel towards the uh, the environment they're riding in because a nude represents that, of course. Uh, it only represents that to the non-naturist world, to the textile world, because obviously we don't feel particularly vulnerable when we're nude, but um, in the normal textile world, that is definitely a message that comes across. And they talk about body awareness, and that is a kind of naturist message about you know healthy lifestyle and our body as a machine and, our, and the ability to provide motion and transportation and energy and uh, therefore being in better shape to do that. But let's let's be honest. I'm sure the initial motivation was to get attention, and it does that. It gets attention. Naked people driving through urban centers are bound to get a lot of attention, um, a lot of media attention for the message, which is why we all had the slogans painted on our bodies. Mine said, uh, zero emissions, almost which is the same message I had in 2004 that I never got to write it with. Um, the 2004 message only said zero emissions, but at some point, somebody pointed out um, it's not quite zero emissions. I have a certain amount of emissions as I travel myself, so that's why I added almost to the message this year. And um, But what was interesting is it's a lot of fun, and I really recommend everybody try it and at least once give it a shot. It's it's a um, it's a it's an interesting experience. It's not a naturist experience, and let's be clear about that. Because I was never relaxed. I enjoyed myself more from the standpoint of doing something different. Uh, first of all, being in a protest and, and in a group, there's a certain energy that comes with it. Um, trying to do something and change the world is there's, there's, there's an energy that goes with that, and I enjoyed it from that standpoint. Um, also, doing something you're just not supposed to do. I mean, we were in the core of the financial district of the city of Toronto. We were riding through traffic, through a concrete jungle and canyons of skyscrapers and high-rises and office towers. Um, this was totally the opposite of a normal naturist environment. Um, and everyone around us was dressed. Um, so uh, there is that... Uh, feeling of doing something you're not supposed to and breaking the rules and, and getting away with it, that's kind of fun and adds to the element to it. But it's not about respect for self, because in fact what we were doing really is objectifying ourselves for the cause. 
And not that it's a bad thing in this case. I think that's what it's about, and that's what we're here to do. But if naturism is, is about accepting ourselves and others and the body, this wasn't it because we were using our bodies in order to get the attention, in order to get the message across. And uh, certainly that, that worked. I mean, we stopped traffic. We stopped people. People stopped dead in their tracks. They couldn't believe what they were seeing, 100 people buck naked riding by on their bicycles in the middle of the city of Toronto. And, um, I mean, in a way, I guess you feel a little bit like you're, in a, you're an exhibitionist and they're the voyeurs because they're stopping to look at you. And you're there for them to look at us. We were there to be looked at and they were there, they stopped to look at us. So there, there is a bit of an exhibitionist voyeur sort of situation. Not in the sexually dysfunction definition of uh, ex- exhibitionism or voyeurism, more in the they're looking and we're, we're showing, if you will. Um, there's, and there's certainly, um, there's a, an element of being a show. There's an element of being a bit of a freak show. Um, and there's also an element of uh, being on show for sure. I mean, the, the number of cameras, I mean, we, we felt like we were, uh, you know, uh, stars and there was paparazzi everywhere. I'm actually, on a side note, absolutely amazed by the number of people who walk around with cameras. And I'm not talking about cell phone cameras. Lots of people were taking pictures of us with their cell phones. But I would say thousands of pictures over the ride were taken with actual cameras that were being carried by people. I had no idea people walked around with cameras downtown Toronto. Um, And a fair number of, you know, big SLRs, you know, the ones with a big lens in the front. So that was interesting. Um, What was also really interesting is nobody was offended at least that I could see. There was a lot of cheering, woohoo, and that kind of thing, smiling, laughing, pointing, talking, um, just a lot of good fun. I didn't see anybody really upset. I didn't see anybody uh, having any issues. I, you know, it just shows that the majority of society is very comfortable with nudity. They wouldn't do it themselves, but they're not really offended by it. Um, that's really so overdone. There's a few people, of course, who will jump out and complain very, very quickly. And they are a very vocal, very, very small minority, but they're loud. And they are saying what a lot of people suspect everybody feels, but I, I still don't think it's true. I, I think in Toronto anyways, and I think in a lot of Canada and a good part of the United States, most people are extremely tolerant of this kind of thing. Most people would have no problem if there was a nude beach on the corner from their house, uh, would have no problem running across naked people jogging down the path. Um, generally would be very tolerant of nudity, even if they themselves wouldn't do it. They might think it's wrong because they've been told it is, but when push comes to shove and you ask them, it's not about them. It's about what other people think. And I think in some ways that's the most important message that I got out of the bike ride, a confirmation that people are okay and people are tolerant. And within that group, there's probably a lot of people who would join us. And in fact, that was interesting too. The majority, uh, the majority of the participant in this ride seemed to, well, definitely more naturist because uh, we talked to a lot of them, and they would, have, I would have known some a lot, most of them, if they were naturists. Um, a lot of people were trying it for the first time. It was a dare. It was uh, challenging themselves, pushing themselves. It was for the cause. Um, but obviously, a lot of people were very interested in the idea of the body acceptance and accepting their body and challenging themselves. And so there was a lot of chat afterwards when we sat down in a coffee shop and many people who seemed to be interested in the idea of naturism, even though that's not why they were there, 
but it was still something that appealed to them. And I, I think there is a huge opportunity for naturism in North America, a huge untapped opportunity. Untapped because they don't know about the what's out there. They don't know what's available. They don't know about the beaches and the clubs, and there aren't enough of them. And a lot of the ones that exist aren't doing it right. And I won't rehash a lot of stuff I've said in the past, but this is a philosophy. This is a belief. This is a creed. This is the a very firmly held belief we have or should have in what's right, in the acceptance of self, acceptance of the of others, and acceptance and feeling closer. This is about acceptance of self and acceptance of others and getting closer to nature. It's it's a very very strong belief and. The World Naked Bike Ride is partially about that, but mostly about the protest. But I, you really got that sense and that feeling, and you really repeated that and confirmed it. Um, and so I would encourage everyone to, if they have a chance, to participate in the World Naked Bike Ride in a city near you. Well, that's all for this episode of The Naturist Living Show. Thank you again for listening. Uh, it's a fairly short show this time. Uh, as I said, this has been a very busy July for all kinds of great reasons. So uh, I picked a couple of the topics that I had saved that were fairly easy to produce and I could get out quickly before the month was over. But we have some great stuff coming up, uh, including one which has been a, a great demand, which is raising children in naturism. And I've been working on that for almost a year. I have a lot of great stuff uh, it might have to be a two-parter or a very long one-part show. And uh, a show about taking a nature's vacation and getting away from it, or getting away in a really great time that we had in the spring that I'll tell you all about as well, and, and lots of other stuff uh, that I'm working on. So I don't know how much uh, material I have, but I, it seems like there's ideas for years to come, even if I do continue doing one per month. So thank you, really. Thank you again for listening and making the show such a success. Again, my name is Stéphane Deschain, and I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of the Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. All the stuff I've talked about, uh, you'll find links to the items on the show notes, which is on the website at naturistliving.bearoaks.ca. That's B-A-R-E, of course. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. I do appreciate getting them. Uh, the show's email address, again, is naturistliving at bearoaks.ca. Dot ca. That's B-A-R-E, naturistliving at bareoaks.ca. So join us again in about a month, uh, hopefully about a month, for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park, traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social, and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca.